We're going to start. <laughs> nice. Bless the Lord. All right. Good evening. We're going to get started tonight. Hallelujah. Welcome to those who were brave enough to come out in all this snow. <laughs> I tell you, it's March. Time to end the snow. <laughs> I'm all set with snow. So hopefully that, that will come to an end very soon. And we're headed for 50s. Uh, one day this week. Is it tomorrow? Probably. <laughs> tomorrow will be 50. But I'll, I'll take 50. I'll take 50 with no snow any day. Hallelujah. All right, let's pray and let's go before the Lord. Those who joined us online tonight, welcome. We're glad you're with us and at least you can join us that way. I know that getting out of the house on a Wednesday night to uh, come when the weather is the way it is, that just adds to it. So thank you for joining us online. Remember what we said about online church? Eliminate the distractions as best as you can. And so if you want to get fully what the Lord has for us. Father, we thank you for this opportunity. Oh, Father, you are so good to us. I thank you that you are the Father of peace. And so I give you honor this evening for bringing your peace. I thank you that we have the peace of God resonant on the inside of us. And so we lean into that peace tonight as we go into your word. I just thank you for everything that you are going to speak to us about. We decide right now up front that we are going to receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Well, on Wednesdays, we've been talking about uh, prayer. And we've been talking about, as it pertains to kingdom living, which is our series on Sunday, we've got two series going, uh, but prayer principles, it would be something that I would teach uh, on uh, in the kingdom living series, but I, do, I figure we need some more on that, more so than some of the other things we're learning on uh, Sunday. So we've taken the time and March 30th, we'll finish this series. And we're gonna change the format on Wednesdays a little bit. Uh, and we'll talk more about that probably a week or two prior to March 30th, uh, uh, the direction that we're going to go. It won't be a formal uh, service like this. We'll talk more about that. We'll probably do that up until June, and then we'll see what happens for the summer months. Uh, but uh, for right now, we'll finish this series uh, on March the 30th, and we're going to finish with the family prayer night. And so this is an opportunity for all of us to come together as a church family and your families. And, and no matter what phase of life we're in, if we're single, married, you know, widowed, divorced, whatever, uh, have a family, a large one, a small one, we're all going to come together and pray together as a family. And so that will be on March the 30th. So we're talking about prayer leading up to that uh, particular event. Uh, we've been talking about the importance of personal prayer, uh, corporate prayer. We talked about seven different types of prayer. We talked about several ingredients to corporate prayer. And last week, we talked about reasons why we need a prayer journal. I'm a big person, uh, I'm, I'm a big believer in journals. Uh, I have mine, we talked about how I'm an electronic journaler, I don't like to write. <laughs> and so I have the day one app on my iPad, on my iPhone, and that's what I journal with. Uh, at the end of the year, you can have it printed. And me and some friends were talking, we're like, someone has to print those. <laughs> they know your every thought. <laughs> but I'm okay with that. I don't have a very interesting life 
it's an open book. So, I mean, if they want to hear, you know, I have my prayer journal one just has things I've gotten from the Lord. I'd love for people to read that, you know, maybe they'll, you know, it will get some conviction in there or something, but it's a good, uh, good thing a good tool that i use it gets me excited to kind of flip the book and see what uh, god has given me so we talked about journaling if you missed any other teachings and those watching online you can always go on our website or social media and go back to uh, those messages this evening i want to talk about how prayer prepares the way this week in our daily bible reading if you're reading with us uh, and we're going to change that too in june that's another thing in June, we're going to switch over to another plan that will take us from June to December. And it's going to be concentrated on the book of Psalms and Proverbs. And because one Psalm a day will keep depression away. <laughs> and so we're going to read the Psalms and Proverbs. And so we'll switch over in June. We'll give you fair warning. So catch up, get where we are. And then in June, we'll switch over on that. Uh, but uh, this evening, uh, we're looking at, I mean, on uh, the app, we're on Luke, in, in the book of Luke, and we read, I think today was Luke 3, yesterday was Luke 2. And if you'll remember, that's the story of the events leading up to the birth of Jesus and then right after it. And so we read uh, in those chapters and we see uh, significant individuals involved. Uh, in those two chapters, uh, obviously Mary, <laughs> the mother of Jesus, Joseph, Jesus, <laughs> it's his birth, so he's in there, uh, Zachariah and Elizabeth, the mother and father of John the Baptist, which is Jesus' cousin, uh, Herod, which we know about him, he was the crazy king, literally, his family, his lineage is just full of crazy people, <laughs> and so he was, he was one of them. Uh, there were signs in the heavens, such as the stars, uh, that sh uh, showed people where the place of his birth was. And so the, the wise men or the individuals who traveled, they went. Uh, then there were shepherds in the field and angels. They had a really nice light show, and the angels appeared to them. So they were significant as well. There were also prophets mentioned. Isaiah was one of them. Uh, he was mentioned foretelling of all of these events. Uh, and then we see that John the Baptist was born to Elizabeth and Zechariah in their old age. And his express purpose was to prepare the way for Jesus. Towards the end of chapter 2, there's two more individuals who are significant. And that's Simeon and Anna. They're two individuals, and it's interesting because you don't hear anything about Simeon and Anna up until this point, and we're seeing the last days of their lives. <laughs> they are well up in age, and we're seeing the end of their ministry uh, in Luke chapter 2, the end of the chapter. Mary and Joseph go to the temple to do the whole purification and offer Jesus to the Lord like they do in those days. Uh, it was their custom. Well, if you look at Luke chapter 2 and verse 25, I'll read it out of the New King James Version. Luke 2 verse 25, it says, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. 
Remember, they didn't have the Holy Spirit in them at that time. He was, he came upon him. Verse 26, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Verse 27, so he came by the Spirit into the temple. Simeon was a prayer. He was a person who prayed. He was led by the Spirit. And this example here is of someone who watched and prayed. We talk about watch and pray. Well, the Holy Spirit, as we pray, will show us different things. And so we watch and pray. And this is an example of that happening. So when the parents brought in the child to do for him according to the custom of the law, 28, he, Simeon, took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. He was ready to go. He said, depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. Now he's only seen a baby. He's only seen a baby. <laughs> How many babies has he dedicated? He lives in the temple. There were probably many children that he brought in there. But his spirit and the Holy Spirit confirmed that this is the one. <laughs> this is your salvation and what you've been praying for and devoted yourself to prayer. This is it right here. And so he said, okay, now I can go home. I'm ready. I'm done. I did what I was supposed to do. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles. Aren't you glad? He's a light to the Gentiles. Amen. And the glory of the people of Israel. And it says, verse 33, Joseph and Mary, I mean, they were just there doing what they're supposed to do, the custom of the day. It says his mother marveled. <laughs> Can you imagine? You bring your child and they're like, yeah, this is the salvation for the world. Okay. Well, <laughs> didn't realize that. You know, but you know that she knew because the angel appeared to her. They told her, but this was like confirmation. <laughs> okay, now someone besides the angel of the Lord is telling me this. Okay. Um, so these things, it says, Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. 34, then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, if that wasn't enough, behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. What a word. I mean, my goodness. <laughs> Just went in to do what the custom told them to do. Offer Jesus, present him before the Lord. And this gentleman, you know, he's, he's well known. He lived in the temple. He dedicated his life to prayer. And so he lived there. He probably dedicated other children. But he had this word from the Lord. He was led by the Lord. I mean, maybe he wasn't going to go that day, but he was prompted by the Spirit of God to be right there as Jesus entered, and he saw what he had been praying for all these years manifest right there. Jesus hadn't done a miracle yet at that point. 
He was still crying and having his diaper change. You know, he, was, he hadn't done anything but just lay there and look cute like a baby does. But Simeon saw something else. Simeon saw something else by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. All right. And so then we see that in verse 36, now there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age, of great age, and had lived with the husband seven years from her virginity. 37, verse 37, and this woman was a widow about 84 years. They say that's great age. <laughs> 84. 84. She was 84 years, who, and she did not depart from the temple. That's where she, she devoted herself after she, her husband, you know, after he passed away, she devoted herself to prayer. And uh, it says, but serve God with fastings and prayers night and day. And coming in that instant, what do you think made her come over there in that instant? <laughs> the Spirit of God, prompted by the Spirit of God. And she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. So she showed up at the very same time. He came by the Spirit of God, Simeon did, and so didn't she. She came too. And we're told they're both people of prayer. Hallelujah. Glory to God. People will say, well, Anna and Simeon are special people. No, they're just regular people like you and I. But there's something that set them apart is they heard God and they did what he said. <laughs> Simple. Well, things that we do on a daily basis, we hear God and then we do what he says. That's what, that's what brought on this great event in their lives. They're not special people. Yes, they played a significant part, but you and I play a significant part if we'll hear what he says and do what he tells us to do. It's that simple. That will help us be set apart and stand out from among the rest. Just coming out from among the pile, as my mentor John Maxwell says. Hallelujah. So they simply obeyed. We see John the Baptist, the son of Zechariah, and Elizabeth. Now there were interesting events that happened around his birth. You know, his dad couldn't speak for a while because he was doubting and all of that. Uh, but uh, the... Uh, angel of the Lord, and the Lord was very clear about his purpose, about his assignment, about the reason why he was being born to Zechariah and to uh, uh, Elizabeth, why God was gifting him to them. And so uh, it, was, it was, his assignment was clear from the beginning, from the beginning. And uh, many people were used by God in both the Old and the New Testament to prepare for the first coming of the Lord. Many people. And now we're at the door of his second coming. <laughs> Who's he going to use now? Those of us who are here. <laughs> Those of us who are here. And uh, many have been and will be involved in preparing the way of the Lord. And it first starts in prayer. That's where it first starts. That's the first place that it starts. And so in Luke chapter 1, verse 76, we see a prophecy that was given to John the Baptist's father, Zechariah, 
about John. It says, and you, my child, prophet of the highest, will go ahead of the master to prepare his ways. The Greek word hodos, which its primary meaning is road. That's what that word ways means, to prepare his ways. It means road, to prepare his road. The good news actually translates it that way. You, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High God. You will go ahead of the Lord to prepare his road for him. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 3 in the message says that John was sent to prepare God's arrival. Hallelujah. John built a spiritual road for Jesus, and he walked on that road in his ministry. He walked on that road in his ministry. Mark chapter 1, verse 2 and 3 in the New Living, it says, just as the prophet Isaiah had written, look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare your way. He is a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. Here in this chapter, Mark is quoting Isaiah. And we see the whole prophecy in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3 and 5. I like how the Amplified translation uh, puts this. It says, a voice of one is calling out. Clear the way for the Lord in the wilderness. Remove the obstacles. Make straight and smooth in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised, and every mountain and hill be made low. And let the rough ground become a plain, and the rugged places a broad valley. And the glory and majesty and splendor of the Lord will be revealed. And all humanity shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. <laughs> what the Lord speaks will surely come to pass. Hallelujah. The word highway in Greek uh, is pretty much the same as ours, but it, it, it's like a thoroughfare. So it's the main highway, an interstate. That's what it means. Around here, we don't have to use our imagination about road work <laughs> on our highways. <laughs> I remember when I worked in Rhode Island. There's a stretch of highway that they're always working on, and they always seem to work on it during traffic time, you know. And if it wasn't, they created the mess. And then they'd put up the barriers and say, you can't go this way, and they're like, ah, gridlock, take all the barrels down, we'll do it another time. And now they're doing it. <laughs> Glad I don't have to go in that direction anymore. But we don't have to imagine road work here. We see it. It's all over here. You see it everywhere you go is road work. And the thing is, is they don't complete it all in a quick amount of time. There's a lot of factors involved. Other cars on the road, safety, <laughs> you know, weather, materials, cost, all of that they have to take into consideration. And so uh, it takes a while to build some highways and some roads. Uh, the highway to be made for God is not by our might, thank you, Lord, but it's by his spirit and might. Glory to God. Uh, but God needs us to devote ourselves to prayer and to do our part to prepare the way for him, to clear the way for his glory to be revealed and ultimately his coming. 
Glory to God. Jesus needs a highway. <laughs> I didn't say it. The Word of God says it. We just read it. Isaiah 40 says to remove the obstacles and that every mountain and hill will be made low. So mountain removing or mountain removal is part of preparing a highway for him. And Jesus told us what to do with the mountains, didn't he? He said to speak to the mountains in Mark 11, 23. He said to speak to the mountain. He showed us how to remove those mountains. So our voice plays a part in our preparation. It plays a part in the preparation. Notice Isaiah says that John's voice prepared the way. Not just any voice, but it was the voice of someone who knew God, who was called by God for the time that he was living in, for the time that he was born. And his voice was a voice of faith. You and I are born for such a time as this. You and I are here on this planet because God knows we can handle it. <laughs> we can handle the craziness of this world today. And we've been empowered and fully resourced, resourced to get through all the crazy that we're going to see from here until Jesus comes. <laughs> Amen. We've been empowered to do it. Some days we feel more empowered than others. <laughs> Some days we're like, Ooh, come quickly, Lord Jesus. But we've been empowered. We've been enabled to, to get through this time and to navigate it by the Holy Spirit. He can help us do that. And so we're called and born for such a time as this. We can be used by God to build, to continue to build the highway. And the place, of, the place to start is in prayer. And we do so with diligence and persistence. Isaiah chapter 40 and 5 tells us how we'll know when the road is complete, when the glory of the Lord is revealed and all the people are able to see it. Glory to God. See, when God wants to manifest his presence in a particular place, he first plates, he begins to move in the hearts of people. And so, you know, it may be that we call together and we come together. He's telling us to pray, March 30th. He, that's, he's telling us. So let's say, okay, he's telling us to pray for, well, let's say, the glory of God for a particular place, right? And so we all come together. We call the prayer meeting and we all come together. And, you know, there may be two or three stirred up and ready to pray about this. We've got his heart. We're ready to go. Woohoo! Let's go. But then there might be some who come who are just coming because they're obedient and they love God and they just want to do what he wants them to do. And so they don't quite have this picture or they're not even really sure what this is all about, but I'm here because I'm obedient. Well, as they begin to devote themselves to prayer concerning this particular thing, God begins to plant that desire in their heart for his glory, for that particular thing, or whatever it is we're praying for. God begins to give you the desires in your heart, and they begin to get bigger and bigger. And as you pray it out and you give place to them, you begin to build that road towards that destination. Glory to God. So when we first come together, eh, we may not be sure exactly, but then as he, we give ourselves fully, 
to pray concerning this, he gives us the desire for his glory to be revealed in that place. So we continue to do it. We lift our voice and faith. We point our hearts and our tongues in that direction. And then that's how progress on that road is made. That's how it's made. Those crooked places begin to get straightened, like it says in Isaiah. Obstacles are removed, hallelujah, and rough places are made smooth. And we do that in prayer first. The work may not be complete when we stand up and say amen at the end of our prayer, but progress was made. Progress was made. And so if we'll keep praying effectively concerning that, we'll keep preparing the ground even more. We'll prepare more ground. We'll take more ground in prayer. We'll take more ground in prayer. And we'll continue to build that highway and prepare the way for the Lord. Hallelujah. We're making the road on which the glory of God will travel. Hallelujah. Habakkuk 2.14 in the Amplified, it says, But the time is coming when the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. I haven't seen that happen yet, have you? <laughs> but it's upon us. That day is upon us. And our role is to prepare the way for his glory. And it's not enough for his glory to manifest in our church and in churches around the world. No, we need his glory to manifest everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. So this whole earth is covered like the waters cover the sea. Not just for the church. This is for, you know, we, we want the manifest presence of God. We want the glory of God. But we want it to cover the entire planet. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so the greater the glory, the greater the preparation. Hallelujah. If you're too busy to pray, you're too busy. <laughs> you're just too busy. You might want to rework your schedule a little bit because this is important. This is the world needs to be filled with the glory of God. And I heard this while I was preparing this message, so I'll just read it exactly the way I heard it. There are some things that we are standing in faith for, but until we take them to prayer and walk them out in the spirit, we'll not walk them out in our natural life. Walk them out in prayer first, and you'll walk them out in your natural life. And so if there's something that we're believing God for, standing in faith for, but we're not giving much time to it in prayer. It's time to hit our knees and walk it out in the spirit first. And then we'll walk it out in the natural. Hallelujah. When you yield to the spirit of God in prayer, you pray out your destiny, your future. The word of God says we pray out mysteries, things that we don't even know or things that we could never know uh, in our own understanding. God needs access to areas of government. God needs access to our educational system, areas in there. God needs access to nations. God needs access to legal systems. God needs access to people groups, to the business world, to our health care. And he can use you in prayer to build those roads of access. 
He can use you and I to access those areas if we'll yield to him in prayer. Hallelujah. So if we'll keep our hearts, you know, as, as we go into prayer, keep these things in our hearts and know that prayer is not just an activity that we do because we're Christians. And, you know, a lot of times we get real uh, traditional and we start reciting prayers or things of that nature. And that's good. That's fine if that's all we have time to do. But we're talking about going into the deeper things of God. And we're talking about knowing that prayer <laughs> is a real thing. You know, it, it has, we can take it for granted sometimes. We can take it to, uh, for granted and discount the importance of it. And when we discount the importance of it, will nullify what is actually happening in a place of prayer. Um, I found myself just in this past year. Uh, I've been praying, of course, since I was a kid. And um, I've always prayed to the Father, because that's how we learn to pray. Father, right? Heavenly Father or Father. And so that's how I opened my prayer, the majority of my prayer, because Jesus said to pray to the Father in my name. And so that's how we prayed. So, uh, you know, Father. And so I, uh, you know, just start praying, Father, and da, da 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 whatever comes next. And probably back in May, or maybe a little before then, I was prompted by the Holy Spirit to go back a few lines. <laughs> go back to the beginning of your prayer. And I'm like, why? <laughs> and so, uh, Father, that word Father. And I'm like, okay, Father. He's like, okay, so tell the Father what you like about his fatherhood today. What is it about his fatherhood that you really love today? Tell him. Take the time to tell him. I'm like, oh, okay. And so since that day, I get stopped most of the time in prayer and acknowledge something that I'm grateful for about his fatherhood. And what does that do? That changed how I pray <laughs> because I was getting real comfortable and just, you know, and it almost, it's not that it doesn't mean anything. It means something every time we pray, but we discount that and we dismiss that and we get comfortable and then we check out when we pray. And so this keeps me, I know I'm going to just say father and tonight it was peace. Tonight, I wanted to acknowledge and recognize his peace before we started. So I said, Father, and the minute I said, Father, peace came into my heart. I said, oh, thank you for your peace. You are the father of peace. Well, if we'll do things like that, I'm not telling you to do that. God told me to do that. But the Holy Spirit will tell you to do something. You see, we do something all the time, all the time, all the time, and it becomes like tradition. It becomes uh, habitual, like this is what I do. Oh, that's how I always pray. Let the Holy Spirit just mess it up for you. <laughs> let him do it. Let him, let him tell. So then you listen. So it was something very, go back to the first line. I could have kept going and praying. I did just fine saying, Father, am I supposed to say it differently? You know, I'm just trying to think, what in the world could you be? When I went back, I said it again, Father. I'm not talking, it was a huge revelation and drums beat and all that. No, it was just something simple. Tell the Father what you appreciate about his fatherhood. Okay. So today, I, and, and when I do that, I'm stirring up fervency 
and I'm stirring up. It's a different way for me to acknowledge him. And then now the rest of my prayer goes in a different direction than it would if I just, Father, I thank you for this day. That That's my go-to. You're so good. You're so wonderful. You're so kind. Thank you for your, I mean, that's, it's the same thing I say all the time. And, and that's nothing wrong with it. It's good words. But I'm connecting my heart to it. Connect my heart to it. Another thing that I noticed I was slipping on was praying over the food. And so, you know, a lot of times we're in a hurry. <laughs> and so we do pray for the food, but it's a quick prayer, you know. But it's not so much that it has to be a long prayer. I'm not talking about length of prayer. But I'm talking about is my heart connected to what I'm saying? That's it. It's not, it doesn't have to be a long dissertation, you know, how we do. <laughs> oh, the food's going to get cold. No, it doesn't have to be long-winded prayer. But is my heart connected to that prayer? Is there any faith <laughs> going out as I pray? So what I've done with that is lately I've been preparing the food. <laughs> I don't like to cook, for those of you who don't know. <laughs> but I've been preparing the food because it's mostly been salads and the white stuff that we don't talk about, the cauliflower. And, you know, the rice cauliflower, that kind of stuff, and chopping up the vegetables. So my favorite thing to do ever, not. And so while I'm doing that, because I've noticed, because, again, I told the Holy Spirit, please, you have to tell me when I need to change something or when I'm not doing something that I should. And so he prompted me. Small voice, not any, again, not demonstrative. Sometimes we look for deep and, oh, you know, lights flashing. No, just the small things. <laughs> small things. And so he said, um, gave me an idea. So while I cut the vegetables and while I do that, instead of thinking about how yummy these are going to taste and how much I enjoy them, uh, I said, <laughs> uh, so I, I start making uh, some declarations. And I thank him for this food. I thank him that it's good for our body. Same thing that I probably would do when I sit down to before I eat. But I start doing it then. And my heart is connected. And I thank him. I say it's going to be a blessing to me and to Eric. And he's going to sense my love as he eats it. I mean, this is, I mean, I know it's foolish. But this is how I do, this is how I clean the house. I don't like cleaning the house, but I want a clean house. I do not like dirty houses. If you come to my house, you'll know I don't like dirty houses. I got that from her. And so I clean my house. Don't like to clean it, but I clean it. And I do that. When I know company's coming, or even if it's just for him, I'm putting laundry, which never ends, is endless, just for two people, endless. So I put the thing in there, and as I'm taking out the clothes and folding it, and sometimes my daughter will bring clothes, you know, and it stays there, and mommy is, has to fold it, you know. So that's my opportunity to pray and touch something that's not in my house. And so I take advantage of those opportunities. I connect my heart, and I fold the clothes, and I pray over the clothes. Uh, this clothes is anointed. I thank you, Lord, for your convicting power. <laughs> uh-huh. I pray for clothes. When I'm making the bed, let this be a blessing to my husband. When I'm cleaning the house and I know company's coming, let them sense your peace in this house. That makes chores much easier for me because I don't like them. <laughs> 
but I have to do them. And I do them. So uh, what I'm saying is connect your heart. Do something a little different. Shake up your prayer life a little bit. And start talking to God about those things. He loves when you talk to him. If you'll talk to him about those things, you'll start talking to him about other things. And you'll start listening to him on those things. You'll start listening to him on other things. Because your family's the most important thing you have right now. If you can pray concerning them and pray and hear God concerning them, goodness, you'll hear God concerning other things. And so we don't just do it just to get it off our plate, you know, the list. We don't do it just to get it off, but let him change the way. Because when we were doing the series, I'm like, Lord, there are so many messages on prayer. We've heard prayer a lot in this church. We've prayed, we've done things. And I'm like, you know, and he's like, you think, the Holy Spirit has taught you everything he could teach you on prayer? No. And just because we've been doing it a certain way all these years doesn't mean we can change it up. We can change it up. We have another opportunity. So when we talk about yielding to the Lord and yielding to his promptings, connecting our hearts to what our mouth <laughs> is saying, and that's when it's faith. It's faith. And so uh, it's important to do that. You know, you can have a conversation, and I, I heard Lynette saying this, and I'm like, oh, I'm so guilty. She said she could be in the car with her husband, and he could be in the back seat with another guy, you know, and it's two women in the front, and them two, because they were picked up by, you know, a church that they were going to speak at. And so she'll be having a conversation with the woman, and she hears them talking back there, and hears him say, like, the wrong date for something. No, that's not the right date, because she's not listening to this. Her ears are back there. Well, we pray that way sometimes. We're over here talking to God and saying all this stuff, but we didn't hear a word of what we said. We're just rambling on because that's how we pray. We ramble. <laughs> you know, I used to do that when my, when my kids were little. When we'd come to church and I'd stand and someone would come talk to me, I'd be like, yep, yep. And after a while, I'm hearing my kids so loud running around the church. <laughs> I'm like, oh, they're going to get it when they get home. That's all I'm thinking. And all I'm hearing is, wah, 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 like the peanuts, you know, like the teacher on the peanuts. I'm like, I'm not. Like, I wonder if this person can tell. Nothing is going in right now. <laughs> I am hearing Kevin loud over there and Liz loud, you know. I mean, I'm not giving that person attention. I'm not giving, I had to finally stop that. Like, listen, you got to give that person attention. So sometimes when I'm talking to a person, I'll put my hand on them. I know a lot of people don't like me when I touch them, but I'll put my hand on them. Why? That's not because, you know, I want to touch them. No, it helps me know there's a person standing in front of you and they deserve your full attention. So, you know, I'll touch their arm or I'll do, just to keep me focused that they're here still and they're not going anywhere. And so things we do, we tend to do it by memory or by rote. And as Christians, we need to have things that are scriptures. Yeah, we, you know, we, we have to change it up. And, and go back to it and connect our heart. Did you hear what Brother Copeland said? Brother Copeland said he was believing for healing. This was many years ago. And he couldn't understand why he wasn't healed. And he said he kept confessing the scriptures like, you know, and he was the confession police back then. You have to say it and say it. And God said, well, you're confessing it, but you're not reading the Bible. <laughs> you're just throwing out the verses. And I've heard a lot of people say, I'd say Psalm 91. And I'm like, oh, you do, you say Psalm 91. Yes, Psalm 91. 
as I run out the door, I'm like, you say more than Psalm 91, right? The word Psalm 91. You say what Psalm 91 says, right? <laughs> You're not just saying Psalm 91 and I'm out the door. No, 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 no. The devil doesn't understand that. <laughs> We've got to quote what the verse says. I dwell in the secret place of the Most High as I leave this house today. Are we dwelling though? Right. <laughs> There's another, there, that verse is conditional. It's conditional. The promises of God are conditional. And you know, I was driving, we were driving here and I kept thinking, you know, we must think, because Sunday's message, we're going back to, you know, church attendance, the fun, the fun message. And so um, I was kind of going over that in my heart and I'm like, huh, people could really get mad and be like, the world gets a pass. We got to behave. We got to do this. <laughs> we got to pray. We got to, you know, the world gets a pass. No, they don't. The world doesn't get a pass. I'd rather do it now. <laughs> I'd rather do it now. I'd rather behave now. <laughs> because there's a day coming when the world won't get a pass anymore. I mean, we excuse them. A lot of times these messages, I'm not talking to the world about prayer. They don't understand prayer. You know, they're Hail Marys, and that, that, that's what they know. Yeah, I can't, I don't know how to do it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to my friends that are Catholics. We were Catholic, but I never had to do that. I was too young, and so I never had to do it, so I, I, don't, I don't get the cross right. I'm sorry. But that's what they know, and that's keeping some. That's helping them. That The one who have faith in that, it's helping them as much as it can help them. And so I'm not talking to them about it. This is, this is I want to go higher and deeper. I want all that God has for us. And so I want to give myself to these things. And so that's why God knows our hearts, and that's why he's talking to us about it. And so if we'll just take small steps, I don't mean you got to jump all the way in and go do backstrokes and all that. Just a step. Just a t take a step. Take the first step. Talk to him about your family. Talk to him about those things. And then that desire will grow. Because as you see things start to go, we talk about watch and pray. God will show you things. And God will reveal things to you that you have no clue. You won't have to go to watch the news. You won't have to do all those things and, and say, oh, I've watched this on the news, now we got to pray. No, you're going to pray and you're going to get things and then go, oh, that's what I was praying on. Oh, they just said it on the news. That's how it works. Yeah, mama happens to mama all the time. That's how it works. Yeah. And it can, it, and there's, not that you're not special because you are to me, but there's nothing more special about her than there is about the rest of us. The only thing that sets her apart from the rest of us is she's devoted herself to do it. <laughs> she hears God and she does what he says. She simply obeys, right? You are special though. Not perfectly, but she's, and, and he even has grace for that. How much has he revealed to you? Amen. So God is a God of mercy. Thank God for that. But if we'll give ourselves to him and stay connected to him and make sure our heart is connected. Don't let, just, don't pray, let prayer just be something you do because you have to. Just like on Sunday, we'll talk about church attendance. We have to go to church. You know, don't make it that way. Don't make it that way. Let the Holy Spirit show you how to pray. And as you yield to him, the more you'll enjoy it, the more you'll crave for those moments to sit at the feet of your father, the more you will.
And as we come together to pray, remember, we are preparing the way for the glory of the Lord. And all will see it. Amen? All will see it. Glory to God. Uh, I'm reminded, uh, and I sh I've shared it before, but even when it comes to praying in tongues, and we talk about articulating our prayer language, and it's not to just articulate our language just to do it so I sound better, um, but it, it really inspires fervency, and you will pray out things. And when I first learned, I mean, we learned about this in the 80s. We had a man by the name of Jack Johnson, mid-80s, a man by the name of Jack Johnson came to our house. He was doing a Bible study. It was at the time where uh, we had Bible studies in our home. And he was like, let me hear your prayer language. Everybody pray in tongues. And of course, we were on the front row, so we got picked on. It was our house too. So he heard us praying in tongues, and he's like, oh, come on up here. And we're like, oh, he's going to have us be an example, me and my sister. We know how to pray in tongues. We were like, you know, eight, mid-80s, so what, eight, nine? So... I don't know how old I am, so I, don't, I couldn't tell you. Uh, so we're standing there. <laughs> so we're standing there, and he's like, pray again. And so we had great tongues at that time. My sister's was, adi, 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 No, yours was, glug, 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 glug. Yeah, that's the extent of how we prayed. Hers was, hashua, hashia, hashua, hashia, hashua. Me and my sister knew this perfectly because we played church like every day and we copied everybody in the church. We knew every move that everybody made and we knew their tongues. I could even tell you what Jones was back in the day. Anyway, so we were stuck, <laughs> like you just said. We were stuck, but we would do it. My sister would stand there catching eggs and she'd adi, 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 yeah. She would just stand there, adi, 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 Well, I can do adi, 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 and, and, you know, do all kinds of other things while doing adi. I can jump rope while saying adi, 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 you know? And so he's like, can, can I help you all? And we're like, oh, okay. He's like, why don't we, like, add some more words to that? And we're like, we could do that? We didn't know we could do that. We thought what you got when you first got tongues is what you get forever. No, it's a language, and it can be developed. Because if I still spoke like that, I'd be very bored and I would have stopped a long time ago. <laughs> that, I mean, our prayer consisted, and we prayed all day sometimes. Thanksgiving was wonderful at our house. We went all day fasting and praying on Thanksgiving. As little kids, you were like, <gasps> but we had a great meal for dinner. But it was like all day. And we enjoyed it. We played gu guitar and stuff. But if, we, but if we had glow, 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 glow that whole time, we wouldn't have done that. So we, we you know, we kind of, you know, uh, experimented. And we're like, we can add things? And he's like, yeah, you're going to hear words? Just say the words. So we learned to articulate a little bit back in the mid-'80s, so we switched it up a little bit. But it wasn't until 2000. When uh, before that for you, because you prayed with Dana, but in 2000, when Dana came to the services, Dana Schrader, it was Zyle at the time, she talked about articulating, and when, when I talk about articulating, if you haven't heard Dana pray, she like articulates, like really articulates. And so she's like, it's a language. There's, you know, and, and, and you can become proficient in it, and you can grow in it. And so uh, we learned to do that in 2000. That's the first time I said, okay, <laughs> We're going to step it up a little higher. So I stepped out and I began to pray in tongues. And as I prayed in tongues, uh, it, there was a period of time when I would pray just my regular tongues and then Bruce, 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 Bruce would come up. And I'm like, 
okay, what's this about? Bruce, 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 Bruce. So I'd go with it. And, and sometimes you're afraid to say what you're hearing. Sometimes you're like, oh. So there, a guy was saying candy and cookie, candy and cookie. And he's like, people are going to think I like candy and cookie. No, that was the names of Pastor uh, Brother Hagen's grandchildren, uh, kids, daughter, Candace and, and Cookie. And so he was praying for them. He thought candy and cookie. He's like, oh, am I going to open a factory? What, what's going on? And so sometimes you're, you get a little, eh, not to say it, but I said it, Bruce. Once I yielded to Bruce, all of a sudden it was the weirdest thing. We'd be in church praying on Thursday nights. We had prayer. And I'd be like, Bruce, 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 Bruce. I mean, like very melodical. And so it would come out like jazzy. I'm like, like getting real quiet and, you know, kneeling down so nobody hears what's going on. But I said, I'm going to keep pushing on this, and I'm going to keep yielding. As weird as this sounds, just going to keep doing it, because I say weird things in English all the time. I talk weird anyway. So let me just do it this way. So I just shut off my mind here, and I just start praying. And this went on for about a month. Bruce, 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 all kinds of notes and things. I'm like, here we go. I don't understand. So months later, I was in the car with Cheryl, and she was driving, and she, if you ever drew, drove with Cheryl back in the day, she drove like a maniac. So she turned the corner, and a, all her CDs came out from the center console. And I'm like, oh, you know, after I regained my composure and realized, oh, we're still here on this earth, I picked up her CDs and started to put them back in, and I put, uh, got one up, and it was Bruce Black, who's a saxophonist, who used to play with the Ramus Singers and Band in Tulsa. He sang with his wife, Cindy. He played. And so it was his CD. It was an instrumental. The minute I saw the name Bruce, I knew that's the Bruce I was praying for. Now, I hadn't heard about Bruce. This was 2000. I hadn't seen Bruce since we left Tulsa, uh, before, like way before. He left Tulsa before we did. They went and started a church. So probably about 10 years since I had even seen Bruce and even thought of Bruce. And actually, I liked his wife better. <laughs> I liked Cindy because she sang. Liked the saxophone but didn't hear him much. But I, I liked her better. And so I, I never connected Bruce. Well, Months later, we went to a conference, and Cindy was speaking and singing, and she mentioned Bruce, who was, who was fighting diabetes, and he had just had his toe amputated, and she said it was a horrible ordeal. And she said it was just at the time that when she was talking, I'm like, oh my goodness, that's exactly when God called me to pray for Bruce. I was here in little old Massachusetts just learning to articulate my prayer language, and God said, okay, I'll give her a project. She's willing. And so she gave, he gave me Bruce, and I just started to pray for him. And I got to tell Cindy the story many years later, in 2015, actually. I saw her. I said, I wanted to tell you about what happened. She said, oh, my goodness, you don't know how many people told me God had them praying for Bruce out of the blue. And so Bruce just passed away this past year. Uh, he had this fight with diabetes. He passed away. Uh, he got COVID and things of that nature, and he just passed away. But that was back in 2000. But it's amazing when you will watch and pray and connect your heart with what you're praying and just let the Lord lead you to pray. It becomes a fun project. You never know 
what he's going to have you pray for. I've prayed for Justin Bieber. I don't know how long. And I know this sounds foolish. And when I'd say Bieber, Bieber, I'm like, Bieber, Bieber, Bieber. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, <laughs> I don't want people to hear Bieber, Bieber, Bieber. And then we hear, you know, here he's doing the song Jaira, you know, with Elevation Worship. Uh, not too long, and he's seeing Dr. Amen, which is a good thing, because he'll help you with your brain. And so, uh, <laughs> but, you know, he's, uh, God will have you pray for people that you don't even know. But one thing you have to do when you're not praying is keep your heart and attitude right towards people, because God will never have you pray for someone who you gossip about, or who you complain about, or you'll never be able to pray for them. And so keep your heart open. And keep your heart clear and clean and your conscience clear before God. And then he'll use you to pray for individuals. Amen? Amen? Amen. Glory to God. All right, that's just an example. Go ahead. Uh, if you would like to give and you need an envelope, ooh, Mr. Eric will serve you. Those of you watching online, you know what to do by now. Glory to God. Just uh, you can give online on any of our... Uh, if you go to our website, actually, that's the easiest way, or you could give through PushPay. Praise God. I hope you got something out of this. I know that the Lord uh, is just speaking to us about prayer, and because he really wants us to pray, especially in these hours that we're living in. I hope you're praying for Ukraine and praying in faith for that situation. We posted some links to uh, ministries that you can uh, give to that we know are credible, because... Anytime these things come up, then all kinds of things come up. Give towards Ukraine, and they don't even see half the money. These are two pastors of the two largest congregations in Ukraine, uh, and they, some have gotten out, some are, are doing their thing. <laughs> and so, uh, but the money will go to them right now. It's just really getting necessities to them, like just your regular everyday necessities. And um, that's, that's the thing. And so... Um, also, Rick Renner, uh, he, in this time, he's trying to get the gospel to, to get in there even more because he's, he's one of the few in, in Moscow. And so he said, now more than ever, people are like, we need <laughs> something. And so he's getting his television studios and things up and running so that way they can do that. So if you want to give towards that, there are others. Just do your due, 700 Club is another one. There, do your due diligence. Yeah, that's a good ministry to give. They have a good track record. Don't just give to anybody who asks Ask the Lord if this is the where this is the place you should give to. You want to make sure that your donation, your hard-earned money, goes as far as it can go. Amen. And make sure it gets to the right person. All right, Father, we thank you for this opportunity to give. We thank you, Father. Our hearts are open because you are the Father who does not withhold anything good from us. You give us all good things. Every good and perfect gift is from you the father of light you give us revelation and understanding and we thank you for it increase our understanding in this area of prayer more and more as we give ourselves to it and i thank you father as we give we receive our hearts are open and ready to receive in jesus name amen glory to god thank you sir well Bless the Lord, we'll be together tomorrow. Those who pray with me, we won't be together at 9.30. It will be at 9 tomorrow. I have an appointment, so we got to do it at 9 so I can get there on time. And then uh, Friday, we'll praise together at 9.30. Sunday, we'll be here uh, at uh, 
10 a.m. Uh, do we have anything this, is this movie this week or next week? It's next Saturday. The family movie night is next Saturday. So those of you who are interested in that, oh, spring forward one hour. Oh, oh, Saturday before you go to bed. <laughs> well, Eric already told me yesterday, he's like, you realize it's seven? It was like six o'clock. <laughs> we start early because I lose my hour sleep. <laughs> I feel, but I do like the sunlight, so um, I'll, I'll trade it for that. So anyway, my favorite day of the year is when we fall back one hour. <laughs> anyway, so uh, we spring forward, so make sure you do that. Uh, Sunday we'll be together. Uh, Monday, uh, Sunday after church, uh, Eric and I and mom and dad will be driving to Connecticut for a prayer conference. Uh, they're in uh, Connecticut for uh, till Wednesday, but we'll be back together Wednesday. Next Wednesday, what I'm thinking of doing is playing uh, a message and then example of prayer by Kenneth Hagin. So if I do that, we won't be streaming live. I'm sorry for the individuals who uh, can't be in the house, but I'd like to do that uh, next Wednesday. So that's what we'll do, an example of what we've been learning. And we can see it, and we can even pray with him if we want to do that. All right? Okay. Don't forget Friday night, too. Friday night prayer, 7 p.m. right here. All right? God bless you. Thank you for joining us.